Well, straight from the Khan Festival, Palais, here we are, and I'm with Amit Chopra, who is the CEO of... Iconic Engine. Iconic Engine. And <laughs> Iconic Engine has been doing some great stuff. But first, Amit, let's find out how you got there, because my understanding is you had a background in finance. And finance and creative don't seem linked, but I'm sure you have a, a good reason why they should be. Well, I was a very creative financial guy. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> No, actually, it's, it's kind of interesting because uh, my uh, my history actually it's, uh, it's quite unique. Uh, I've been at different industries. Um, I think I got into media and entertainment about ten years ago, but prior to that, I've gone through six different industries. So I had a sort of a luxury of learning uh, different sides of the businesses. Um, and when I got into the entertainment side of things, uh, it just started with uh, Reliance uh, hiring me in and bringing me in as a, more of a uh, finance person, VP finance and. Pretty quickly, I took over the operational side of the business. Um, I, I really consider myself to be more of an entrepreneur. Um, that's that's what my background has always been. Uh, any company I've worked for, I go back in and sort of look at the company as my own company. Um, so that sort of gave me the idea of uh, and um, the the having the financial knowledge just helps build the business. Um, from a creative perspective, uh, I wouldn't call myself a creative person in any way. Um, I, I think I have a very little bone when it comes to being creative. Uh, what I do have a strong um, affinity to is working with people. And I've got a really, really strong group of creatives and technologists that work with us. Uh, that makes me look good. So, Well, that's a very important skill for sure, being able to work with people and being able to work with creatives. Like, do you ever have to, you know, drop down the hammer with their deadlines or... Are- all the time, but I think uh, the, the the funny and interesting part of this, the group that we work with or, or the 40 or so people that are today within Iconic, uh, they've all been sort of industry leaders and they've been working for 20 plus years. So they're adults, uh, not, not a lot of kids that I have to go and push. If anything, they push me. That's a luxury. Yes. A great luxury. Well, tell us, okay, so Iconic Engine is... A, originally from Digital Domain. Do you want to tell us a little bit of how that came about? Yeah, let me, let me, um, let me go back a little bit. Uh, I think it's, it's in a kind of an interesting history. Um, I, uh, I was working with Reliance, and uh, back in 2012, uh, Reliance ended up acquiring Digital Domain uh, out of bankruptcy. Um, it, was a, it was a great company, great history. Um, I don't know if you're familiar much, familiar much or not, but uh, Digital Domain was sort of started with James Cameron, movies like Titanic, True Lies, and, and just recently we delivered projects like Avengers and Ready Player One. So it's 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 an iconic company. And uh, when Reliance acquired them, they asked me to go in for a couple of weeks, uh, spend two weeks at uh, DD, and uh, see what I can do from a financial perspective. Look at the look at the the assets, look at the uh, the way the financials are working, and how we can help. Uh, the two weeks ended up becoming two months, and I actually ended up leaving Reliance and joining Digital Domain full-time as their CFO back in 2012. Um, very quickly, by 2013, I had taken over a position of chief operating officer, and since that, we've been growing. Um, initial goals was to turn the company around, uh, which we did, and by 2014, we were making money, and we started looking at new technologies, new businesses, how to go back and grow the company back up. So the, the years of 2014 to 2017 have been really interesting one for me personally. Um, we were able to take the company public, uh, Digital Domain, um, go raise a lot of capital, which gave me a pretty big uh, wallet to go shop, um, gave me an opportunity to go on a sort of a shopping spree. And I, we acquired about 11 
properties, 11 companies, whether they were full acquisitions, investments in JVs or strategic partnerships. But a lot of money got invested into the companies and acquisitions of of technology, of people, skill sets, um, understanding the whole pipeline of building cameras to distributing content uh, on, on the whole AR, VR side of things. So that's where the last four years have been for us. And it's been really, really good. Um, and how did this, at the same time, the industry is is doing all sorts of somersaults at the moment. You know, at one point in this period that you're working, VRXR is, is at, at its height and now it's kind of recalibrated, shall we say. How have you managed that? At the same time, you're growing and expanding. That's So, so we always had our feet to the ground. I think that was very, very important for us. Um, we've had last four years, very, very um, uniform revenue. Uh, we've made money. We made the same money in 2014 or 2015 is what we made last year. Um, wow. And it's it's pretty unique, that fact that we are actually self-supported, uh, the, the business as for, such. It's just we looked for things that were missing in the industry at that time, and we've been very, very smart about that. Early on, we realized very quickly that the brands were looking for investments to come in and do service projects. Uh, so we very quickly connected with the brands. Okay. Um, our 360 live production is a capability that not a lot of people had in the marketplace. And that was very unique for us. Right. Uh, where we could go in and produce 360 content, publish it, broadcast it out uh, to the world very, very quickly. And our failure rate was almost close to zero. Uh, we could go up and running within 24 hours. Um, it, it just is a better product, better technology. Uh, in 2016, um, we worked with closely with Olympics. Uh, they came back and they had given us about three months of notice to say, look, we want to go and, and do a quick activation to see if this will even work. And within three months, we were able to go partner with 14 broadcasters that they brought. We built 42 apps. We put a team of 27 people in Rio to produce 17 days of content, which That's using our, of. That's... which we build our own cameras, we, we publish our own product, and it went out without a glitch, without a glitch. And we were publishing product into China. How do you explain that? Well, how did you, what was like the, the key to the seamlessness and what kind of magic pill did you give everybody to perform, you know, at people? It's all so about it was people. all the people skills. It's all the people skills. All the guys that are working for us have been in the industry 20 plus years. Um, and one of the companies that we had acquired at that time was Immersive Media under the brand of IMV. Um, that team had been actually doing live productions for almost four or five years. So having them knowing the product, understanding the product was very, very unique for us. And, and again, finding the right people, right technologies, and then going in and building products and publishing products has been really, really successful for us. Okay, so you have pretty much mapped out the landscape and figured it out really well. What did you see that was missing that you, it sounded like you have a really good eye for for finding, you know, what's not happening and and diving into there? Yeah, so like I said, throughout the years, we we saw the ups and downs in the industry. So when the when the brands were pulling back, the live business was catching up for us. When when that started pulling back, we started going after the the games and publishing games, and building games uh, for the for the, on to be on the platforms of Oculus and HTC. And when we saw that actually that's not doing well, we started putting our capital back into the location-based entertainment product. Uh, we published a product uh, a, a product that was designed uh, in-house uh, by me and uh, my my chief creative Julian. Um, and we built that product back in 2017, and we put the product out in market in China in mid-2017 uh, with our first location to go live. Based on that first location, we went out, raised capital, 
Um, that helped us put up to 60 locations now operating in China. Wow. Throughout all the different cities that are tier one, tier two, and tier three cities. Uh, and we are today in the midst of um, raising more capital to go and publish another 100 locations. Um, so it's, again, finding the niche, finding the gap into the market, uh, what the need was, and fulfilling that very, very quickly has been really successful for us. Um, am I correct? In, it's my understanding that there's not a lot of U.S.-based companies that are going out to China in VR. It's it's Is that correct? It is very difficult to enter the Chinese market. Um, as a matter of fact... Because 20- it's a huge market for sure, and they are pretty advanced when it comes to what their expectations are for an experience. How are you meeting that? For us, it's been actually pretty interesting. We uh, Now, this is, again, all sitting under the digital domain brand. Right. Oh, okay. Uh, right. So it is not something with Iconic today, but it is all under digital domain brand. Um, we went out and we acquired a company uh, after failing twice, trying to build companies from ground up in China. It didn't work. And we ended up acquiring a very well-known post-production house there. And we used that as our base. Okay. And then we started building back up again. Today, I believe we have close to 800 employees in China alone. Um, oh, my. So it's, it's a, it's a, for digital domain, they've grown tremendously. When Back in 2012, when we had started, we were about 800 employees. Today, we are close to 2,000 employees um, globally. And, and it's, been a, it's been an interesting ride from that perspective. And, and this actually takes us to where Iconic came to picture also. Because, That's um, what I was, wanted to get, get at next. Yeah, because, you know, the journey has been pretty good. It's been, it's been, it's been, a, it's been a ride. It's been a hoot to, to a large extent. We've had a lot of fun doing it. Um, but with the President Trump coming into power um, and the relationship with China and the, Trump, uh, the, the whole trade war. Tariffs. Tariffs. And, and, <laughs> it's, it's, and it's, been a, it's been a year and a half of uh, misery in some ways because a lot of our capital raise happened in China. And and that resulted in restrictions of our capital moving out of China back to U.S. So we we ended up making some adjustments and some changes. Um, About six months ago, we talked about, hey, listen, let's let's change the brand from and and spread the brand out where digital domain goes back to be focusing on a visual effects company. They continue to do the VR work in China, but focus within China itself. And anything outside of China should be branded under a new brand. And thus came Iconic Engine. Um, we moved uh, the people, the skill set, the assets, um, the technology, all into a new group, spun the business out uh, under the new brand. Um, I stepped down from DD as the, their chief operating officer and took over the position of the CEO of Iconic Engine. Uh, I'm still and involved. When did that happen exactly? The, the exact date was October 2nd last year. <laughs> 2018, okay. But we actually did not go live and tell anybody till early this year in January. So if you think about it, it's been only four or five months since people have known what Iconic Engine is. Wow. We're not even at a year old. We're, we're just barely over six months. Just over six months and uh, and having a lot of fun. Uh, we've got two key products. Uh, we have a product which is a streaming platform that we have partnered with various telcos. Okay. Um, companies like Deutsche Telekom, Orange, um, Nent Group out of Nordic. So those are big. Uh, Deutsche Telekom and Orange are big in Europe. And do you have any American, U.S.-based partners So in we telco? were working with Riot. Uh, Riot uh, is not so focused on... Oh, Verizon. I hear the Verizon. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, but there are companies that we're talking in South America. Okay. There are companies in the U.S. that we're talking to. Um, E-Entertainment is one of the clients. Um, Red Bull we work closely with. So there are a bunch of clients that we have worked in the U.S. Uh, and, and they've used our platform okay. to distribute content. 
That's great. Okay, so you have these two products. One is a proprietary platform and uh, that you've developed, and the other is – do you have other products you want to talk about? Yes, for sure. That's actually <laughs> is the, is the more fun part of it. So all of our work we've done in China over the last two years, all the learnings we have had through that, uh, we wanted to build something better. Uh, and we, again, see some challenges in the market uh, of what's happening with the products that are in the market today. Uh, scalability is a big issue. Um, adoption by consumers are a big issue. The technology still has a lot of restrictions when it comes to headsets. Uh, people don't like to put their units on their faces for too long. So th- there are various issues that we dealt with. So we wanted to build something that is a little bit more adaptable, a uh, lot more scalable, um, be more user-friendly, uh, where a consumer is not overall ex- focused on trying VR or trying AR, but more focused on the overall experience. So we built something uh, very, very unique. Uh, it's, we're calling it our holometric theater. Uh, we just announced it um, about five weeks ago at CinemaCon um, in, in Las Vegas. Vegas. Las Vegas, yeah. And uh, we did a, a quick demo. Uh, we invited about uh, 40 or so industry key influencers, uh, people, CEOs of big exhibition businesses uh, to come in and try the product out. And the response was amazing. They spent really? a couple hours in our suite looking, a couple hours. Wow. <laughs> couple hours they spend because it's not like there's not enough to look at in las vegas so i mean <laughs> there's uh that's that's so you you held their attention for a long time we a, captured their a long time and every one of them that uh, finished the experience and walked away um talked about wow um this was amazing uh we had one of the uh, key executives that had spent three days um in a classroom with CinemaCon talking about the future of cinema and came back and, and said I just wasted three days, frankly. I should have just shown this thing. And this exactly tells me what this could be potentially look like when it comes to future. Can you tell us a little bit about the chair? Like for people that are just listening, you know, of course they should go and Google immediately, you know, Iconic Engine. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that'd be wonderful. Um, Yeah, so we haven't really released a lot of information to the public yet. Even in our website, if you go, there's been some small short images of of pictures of the of chair, chair itself. Yeah. But chair's only a part of it. Ah. So it's a full theater, uh, crazy top-of-the-line sound system built in, and a full interactive screen that goes in front of um, the theater. So when you walk in, it's not just about the chair. Chair's obviously a top-of-the-line, full, smart pod. Um, you name the technology, it's in the chair. Um, it's <laughs> it's fully immersive. It's a six-off experience. Uh, it's a full crazy simulator uh, built to look like a premium first-class experience. Um, it's it's very much sort of focused in a overall taking people away and immerse them into a different world. Um, you walk in um, just like you would walk into any potential theaters. There's a very large screen in front of you, um, chairs you can go sit in, and the experience normally starts on the large screen um, and it goes from there. Um, the chairs and the screens are communicating to each other. Mm. The the characters that are moving on the, the screens, the chairs kind of follow them through the process. And okay. it's, a, it's a curved screen that goes from one end of the the room to the other end of the room. So it's, it's quite large and quite immersive. Um, now, the experiences we were showcasing in Vegas, uh, we, and we showcased two different experiences. One was a piece of content that was volumetric content, um, done by Starbreeze and um, um, it is the project called Construct 
we wanted to be able to showcase that particular product and publish that through our chair. Okay. Um, and that was an amazing experience for somebody to actually see a really high-end cinematic Marvel-like experience, what that would feel like on, a, on, a, on an experience like that. And second thing, to really see, show the range of the product itself, we created a, a video game. Really? That you can be in a chair with? In a chair with. Not only that, we had two people playing at the same time with a large screen showing what they were doing. And you can compete. So it, it's a product that could be sort of has a range to start from a very focused on a cinematic experience and the range going all the way to a esports capabilities. So very diverse. Okay. Very, very diverse. And again, it's the range. And again, today we were using a VR headset. Tomorrow I could be very easily using an AR headset and create an experience through that with an AR experience. I or see. no headset at all to be able to create that. And having that sort of a range, giving the possibilities and being creating an experience that's an overall immersive is, is what we were sort of focused on. Okay. Uh, and again, all of that sits on top of our same um, content management system that we have sort of given out to our telco partners to publish content. So all content is streamed. Um, it's, it's, it's really, really very, very unique product. We don't know of anything that exists in the market that has the depth that this product offers. Wow. Well, so it sounds like a game changer. Could this, literally a game changer, could this be, I think a little earlier we were kind of talking about the way you view um, immersive and it's it's not just based on tools, it's based on experience. Do you want to go in and talk a little bit about that? Yeah, the only thing I'll say that is, you know, a lot of the technology that exists in the market, right, it's been um, at least one of my frustrations um, has been that uh, we're always trying to work around the technology. Um, well, this particular HMD can do only this much, so build something that can fierce this. Or this is the amount of broadband you have, and this is how much you can publish, and you can't go size-wise on the, on the, 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 uh, on the, the size of the files itself. There's always all these factors that have been put in, and it's, it's, it's technology that's new, and we're learning and building around that. We wanted to build a product where technology is working for us. And that's what this product is built for. Um, and it gives a lot of power to the creatives to build a product um, in a way that they want to showcase their piece of content to the public. Um, it's not something that's forced on somebody's head and you're asking people to go look around, trying to find and be your own director. That concept doesn't work in our minds. Chair does all your work for you. right? It's been trained to go and look where it needs to look before the experience starts. So once you get into the thing, you're just sitting back, enjoying the ride. Chair's doing all the work for you. The director's already planned for you as a user to look where you need to see. So, so that, I think, is a very, very powerful product in itself. And, and with the, all the haptics that are built into the chairs, it just creates a very, very unique experience. How long was the chair in, in concept and production phase? We started on October 2nd. The day we spun out, the very first thing we said was, let's go build the next version three of this product because we need to create that. That is something that we believe in. I think location-based entertainment is, is is very, very unique. It's a market that's super hot. Um, if VR has to work today, um, it has to be through that process. So, so what do you see in the industry for LBE? Like, um, beside growing, have you seen any new developments that are exciting to you? I, I Other think than the geographies are growing. But- the geographies are definitely growing. I think there's a Overall, in the market, there's a there's a shortage of family entertainment units. You know, you want to go to a a Disneyland or a Universal Studios as a family of four. You're spending a thousand dollars. That's just flat out 
too much money for most people. And there's not a lot of resources outside of that to go for entertainment. You can go to films, you can go watch movies, but you do so much. Today's market, today's people, are the kids are all focused on experiences. They are looking for that. There's not a lot of places exist in the marketplace. So I think there is a market. I think location-based is going to keep growing. And that is one of our, our key reasons why we jumped into this market early on two years ago. Well, still I building. family is, is, is an important market. But usually when you go to the location-based, you're talking about a 15-minute experience. And you compare that to a two-hour film where your kids are busy. You know, they're captured for two hours. It gives the parents a little bit of a, a break and a good time together. How do you see that, <laughs> that gap? I, again, I see that as a big issue, actually, okay. because um, and even the 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 cost structure that's associated with that, because most of the units that are built today, again, has limitations. Right. Um, most of the location based entertainment are very active. That means you're sweating, you're moving around quick and within 10 or 15 minutes, you are done. You, you're out of there. So there's limitation of the, the the people that are going through those experiences. A lot of the kids can't really enjoy it. A lot of the folks that are not physically active, don't want to go through the process. That is one of our main reasons why we build a product that works for you, right? Again, technology exists. You don't need to work based on what the technology does. You need to have the technology work for you. Again, that's that's been a big, big thing and push in our, within our company. Chair does all the work for you. I can put a, a 10-year-old kid on it or I can put a 75-year-old grandma on it and they can go and very quickly enjoy an experience. That's what it's built for. Wow. That's remarkable because it is it is hard, you know, headsets on both those age groups, you know, the young kids or the older, it's, it, it's very tough. So you, you've crossed a barrier and, and created the access to this kind of technology. You certainly broadened it. And, and definitely, again, the experience doesn't have to be 15 minutes anymore, right? You can actually build a 30-minute or 45-minute experience knowing very well that you don't have to have headsets, Having it, great. It adds to the immersiveness and, and maybe it works in some cases, but in some cases maybe it doesn't. So it, again, depends on the creative telling the story the way they want to to show. So do you think um, the focus for creatives should shift a little bit more towards developing location-based stories, cinema experiences versus focusing solely on headset? I think if people are looking to monetize and make money, they will have no choice but to look at that market. The headsets don't exist. There's, this, there's, there's not enough quantity of headsets in the market today, which makes the market very, very small for them to actually monetize and get the capital back. That is one of the big reasons people are actually not investing money towards building more content. So there's a limitation of a really premium content in the marketplace. So having venues and having distribution channels like these LEBEs that are being put out to the market, I think will grow that market. will give the opportunity for the creatives not to be able to only push product onto their online channels, but also look at the offline channels like the LBEs. Um, so I think it helps them and it will help the industry overall. Yes, well, we do want to help the industry move and grow and develop. So that would be great. Well, tell us a little bit um, about Lil Dicky. What can you tell us about that experience? Um, so, so since launching of Iconic Engine, we've been in three key creative projects that we've been involved from a content perspective. Uh, we did a, our first project was with Red Bull, uh, Red Bull Rampage, and where, which was more of a, a live 360 production um, and a full AR, VR immersive experience with a, with a full technology app development. Um, the second experience was the Lil Dicky that we just launched um, not too long ago, a couple of weeks ago. 
and it's it's doing amazing. I think it's uh, just hit the 103 million views in the market. Um, we got to work very very closely with Riot and and building the product uh, upfront. Uh, we brought in a partner um, to do the the production for us, um, a company out of Argentina. Uh, it's it's been uh, it's been pretty good for us, where we played the role more of a from a creative perspective of looking at the stuff and and the producing perspective. Uh, we brought in a production company to help grow and build the product out to to the market, uh, and it, the relationship with Riot's been amazing for that matter. So. Well, that's pretty impressive. 103 million. Yeah, it's been it's been crazy. And we have another product coming to market, uh, which is with NBC, uh, product called 1111. Uh, we've done a lot of work on that, all done in-house to a large extent from a, the creative to production to pre-production, um, pre-production to creative to, um, and then actually publishing the product out on HTC and Oculus first, are going to Sony next. Uh, we will also have a mobile product coming in in a couple of months. Even in AR, full experience. You guys aren't busy. You guys need to pick up the pace. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, well, that's, that's a, and any more? I mean, did I cut you off? No, I, I, like I said, you know what? Uh, like, team is really, really strong. So they, they're very, very engaged. They know what they're doing and they're really, really focused. Like I said, I don't have to push them. They're pushing me all the time. So it's, it's, it's amazing to have a, a good, cool team that's just out there. They're just focused. Well, isn't it funny we're talking about film, but when it when it comes down to it, it's still all about people. So, Amit, um, thanks so much for talking with us today and sharing all of your triumphs because there's quite a lot in there. And is there anything else you want to add to the community, um, people that are growing and building? Any maybe tips you'd give them or good feedback? No, I think the, the industry overall needs to keep growing. I mean, the, the idea of this whole concept of markets moving up or markets coming down, I, I think you just need to keep your focus. And, and uh, it's going to take another three to five years. I, that's stay at the least, course. St- you got to stay the course. And then don't waste money. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm serious. Like, like, like really, really, keep, really keep focused on what you're building and what you're going to do. Okay. People try to do too many things and times, and that's where they lose money in my mind. Uh, as long as you're focused on, on the product you're building and the quantity or the quality of the product you want to build, you're going to be fine. And there's always money in the market. There's always money. Well, that's very good advice. Thanks so much, Amit. Thank you. Really appreciate it.